So we've started, uh, well, we had a, had a series on the Holy Spirit just recently, which was, I think, pretty good. Just to, to really um, remind us of the amazing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do anything without Him in our life. It's just impossible. We can try and we can put in our best effort, but the breakthrough only really comes when the Holy Spirit starts to work in our heart. And now what we're going to do is start looking at... Um, Basically, the church, how do we function as a church ourselves? What is it that God is looking for in us as, as a people of God? How do we live our lives in different dimensions? And I'm going to talk about that today, which, which we talk about living life in three dimensions, okay? Because what we want to be is a healthy church, right? We know that healthy things grow. If it's not growing... In all likelihood, it's not healthy. If we see a plant that's yellowing and dying and dropping leaves, then we're going, there's something wrong. What is it? And we look around and we try to correct what's wrong. If we see a kid that's not growing, we might take him to the doctor and say, can you please tell me what's going on? My kid's not growing. What is it? Is it lacking nutrition? Is it, is it a disease of some sort? What is it that is stopping this child from growing and reaching his or her potential? Well, the same thing happens with church. I don't know if you've ever seen a three-legged stool. Um, they got three legs, believe it or not, <laughs> and you sit on them because they're a three-legged stool. But you will notice that each one of those legs is actually really important for the stability of that stool, right? So if I get my three-legged stool and one leg shorter it's going to be tilting. It's just not going to be a good place to sit. It's unstable and, and in all likelihood it'll probably fall over and I'll get hurt. And I actually fall off chairs a lot um, and break them. I know it's just one of those things I do. I lean back and bang, they go on. Did it at youth one night and they thought it was really funny. Me, not so much. But, no, actually I did. I thought it was really funny. Um, but <laughs> with, with these things, the stools, you've got the three legs that that need to be the same length, they need to be balanced in order for the stool to actually be stable. So what I want to look at with us as a church over the next couple of weeks, and um, well actually this is probably going to take a while as we start to look through things, is how do we live our life as Christians? What are these three dimensions that we're going to look at? And they will all be revealed very shortly. But I don't know about you, how you live your Christian life, but it's really important that every now and then we take stock. Where am I? Where am I as a Christian? Because it's pretty easy to just sort of get caught up in routine and, and the way we live our life and forget about what God has for us. What do you think the three dimensions might be? Well, I'm going to draw, draw them up for you. And we're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 6. So if you could turn there in your Bibles, if you've got a Bible... So Luke is one of the what we call the Gospels in the Bible. And Luke chapter 6 is what we're going to be looking at. And as Christians, we want to model our life on the life of Jesus, right? Isn't that really what it's all about? If we're disciples, we're, we're, disciple means learner, then I'm going to want to learn how Jesus lived. What was it about Jesus' life that was so amazing that allowed him to walk with his father, that, that enabled him to 
living community with people that enabled him to reach out to the world and made him so effective. What was it? And as a Christian, is it possible that maybe I can actually be effective as well? Maybe as a church, we could actually turn the world upside down as well. Because I tell you what, we need to. We need to live and breathe God to this world. We need to live and breathe God to grow. We need to live and breathe God as a community. We need to know how we do that. So hopefully as this unfolds, we're going to be looking at how do I live these three dimensions of my life and then we're going to be looking at some of the spirits that stop a church functioning properly. Now, I don't mean evil spirits, okay? We've got to understand that Jesus has defeated our foes, definitely. They can't stop us. But what we're going to do is actually go and look at different people in the Old Testament and see what was that they did or the attitudes that they had that stopped things happening, that stopped the hand of God working, that stopped the potential that God had in this world from reaching what it's meant to be. So we'll be looking at different people like Jonathan, who's actually a good example, um, the spies, the people, Aaron, and a whole lot of other more people. That doesn't even make sense. A whole lot of other people. (laughs) And we'll be looking at their lives. What is it? You know, you've often heard people say, oh, you know, the spirit of... Who was that lady that was married to the day? (laughs) Jezebel, Jezebel spirit. Well, that's not a spirit so much as an attitude, a heart of people. So if you go into a room, you might go hey, there was a great spirit in that room. It doesn't mean there's a spirit floating around. It means that everyone was happy and joyful. Or you might walk into another place and you're like, man, that was such a heavy spirit in that room because of what's happened. And and you can feel it. It's palpable. Sometimes you walk into a house that's been in conflict, everyone's smiling, but you're like, man, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong. (laughs) And you do it in your relationships too. It's like, nothing's wrong. Yes, it is. Something's wrong. You can feel it. You know something's wrong. And so that's what we're going to look at because you know what? We can actually stop the move of God. We can stop the move of God by our own spirit, the way we act and the way we respond to him. And whether we act in faith or not, whether we act treacherously or not, we can actually stop the spirit of God moving. We can stop a church growing. We can stop people being reached. We know that because when there's divisive spirits in a place, nothing happens. Nothing happens except turmoil and chaos. Okay, let's go. might just read this whole passage to start with. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Simon, who he named Peter, Andrew, Peter's brother, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called the Zealot. Did I tell you what verse we started at? (laughs) Verse 12. Yeah, verse 12. There you go. Judas, son of James, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. 
When they came down from the mountain, the disciples stood with Jesus on a large level area, surrounded by many of his followers and by the crowds. There were people from all over Judea and from Jerusalem and from far, as far north as the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of all their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirits were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. So as we look at this passage, what I hope to show is how Jesus lived a three-dimensional life. Within this passage, there's three things that we can take note of which continued throughout Jesus' life of how he lived. Now, why is this important? Because if we look at how Jesus lived and we lived the same way, perhaps we too might be balanced and productive in our Christian walk. Not only living one way, which will be really unbalanced, or two ways, which will lead to a little bit of problems, but the three ways that actually make a church and a Christian life fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful? I hope so. Do you want to have impact in this world? I hope so. Because Jesus himself has asked us to go into all the world and make disciples. That's our job. That's our commission. We know that. The great commission, go into the world and make disciples. The great commandment, to love people. Two things that we're meant to be doing as a church So how are we going to do that? Because if we do only one of these things, then we're not going to be effective. If we do two of them, we're going to be sort of effective. But if we can actually grow as a church to do all these three things, we're going to be powerful because we are now walking in God and his power. Now, I do have a whiteboard to draw on. It's going to be difficult. So I need someone to help me. I need someone to hold it up. Andrew, I just saw your head. Yeah, come on down, Andrew. Yeah, give him a clap. He's amazing. Look at him. Oh, fantastic. He's going to be my easel. <laughs> it's like Bill, he's probably more like Bill, Bill Steam Shovel or Blackboard. Where is it? There it is. Does everyone remember Blackboard from um, Mr. Scriggle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit grumpy, right? So he probably picked the right person. No, kidding. <laughs> Not true, Andrew. Thank you for your help. That's beautiful. <laughs> All right, these are the three things we're looking for. Up. (laughs) In and out. Okay, so when we draw it like that, we get a triangle. Okay, does everyone see that? Up, in and out? That's really all we need to see. Can you see it? Hold it up high, Andrew. Higher. Higher, they want it higher. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't, now that, that looks pretty easy right up in and out three dimensions to life well how does this passage we just read relate to that we're going to find out thank you Andrew that's all I need you for <laughs> awesome <laughs> let's look at up so if you look at verse 12 one of those days Jesus went out and prayed all night, praying to God. This is the first part of our relationship that we really need to think about. Jesus throughout his life always said, hey, I'm here to do my Father's will. Whatever God wants me to do as my Father, I want to do it. How do you know that? He formed a relationship with his Father that was very strong. Okay, So we see here that, and we see it a number of times in the Gospel, how Jesus went out and he connected with his Father. 
In fact, really, every day, all day, he was connecting with his father. This is the first and probably most important part of our relationship to get right. Because without that relationship with God, we will never be fruitful. So you look through John, which is another gospel. John chapter 15, it talks about our reliance on being part of the vine, which is Christ, okay? If we are not attached to the vine, we cannot be fruitful. And Jesus actually allows us to be in contact with our Father. Why? Because he lived righteously so we could be righteous. He made peace so we could have peace with God. He opened the door of grace. The veil that was between us and God got torn. And we see that at the crucifixion of Christ when the veil in the temple was torn in two. That veil that separated man, sinful man, from the Holy of Holies, the place where God dwelt. Well, that got ripped. And this is important because we can know that we now have the ability to access our Father as his children. So that's the first relationship we want to look at. The up relationship. How are you doing with that up relationship? What's your life like in terms of prayer, praise, reading his word? in relying on him for the things of your life. What's that like? I can get you to rate it now, and I will. Think about your own life. Think about how you're relating to God. Out of a scale of 1 to 10, what's that like? Are you sitting down at the 1? You know, I think about God once a week when I come to church on Sunday, and, and that's when I have my relationship with him. Is it sort of in the middle? You know, if I remember, I might sort of contact God, ring him on the glory telephone and say good day. Or is it right up there? You're thinking every day God's basically next to you, he's your mate and you don't do one thing without his approval, his understanding, the knowledge that he's giving you. What's that rating in your life right now? Why are we doing this? Because I want us to start to think, how am I doing? Am I actually balanced in my relationship with God And if I'm not, we're going to be looking at how we can improve those things over the next while. I'll be away in a fortnight for a couple of weeks. So next week we'll continue on with this. And then when I get back. But the up, out and in relationship works in so many areas of our Christian life. Okay, number two, the in relationship. What is this? So Luke 6, 13 to 16. We see Jesus went and he called the disciples and he brought them to himself and they became part of his group, okay, part of his group. So Jesus went out, he prayed, he got his father's will, then he gathered some people to himself and he was going to pour his life into those people and grow them up in the things of God. In this passage here we see there's 12 but Jesus also had um, the 70 72 that he sent out on kingdom business. He said, look, you guys go out together. What I want you to do is find a house and if they welcome you, you can stay there and preach the gospel. If they don't, shake the dust off and move on. So he sent them out doing kingdom business and they came back and they told him, this is what we did, Jesus. pretty exciting. So he had those people. He had three people that he just had this really intimate relationship with.
And if we look at Mark chapter 3, verse 14, it gives a clearer picture of why he chose these people to be part of his life. To accompany, accompany him so that he could send them out to preach, so that he could give them authority, and it says to cast out demons in that verse. So that's Mark chapter 3, verse 14. The inward relationship of the Christian life also needs to be strong. We've done communion today, which is all about us joining together, one body. And this is a challenge that I think we need to really consider carefully because we know this world is very disjoint in terms of community. People are looking for somewhere to belong, somewhere where they can be part of, somewhere where people love them, somewhere where people share their life story and say, hey, it's okay. It doesn't matter. God can heal you. Jesus can bring you through. The Holy Spirit can work in your life. And we know community is being attacked everywhere. And so we see online communities, people that are building these communities that aren't really real, but in some way it gives them an attachment to a group of people that they can belong to. And as a church, how do we do in that? How's our in relationship? Let's mark that now. So think of your life on a scale of 1 to 10. How much fellowship do you have with other believers? Is your fellowship limited to morning tea on a Sunday? If you come to church on that Sunday, is that your fellowship? Do you have a group of people that you come together with and praise on a Sunday and worship together? That's an in-relationship or coming together to, to, to do what God wants you to do? What about during the week? Do you have a group of people that's maybe a little bit smaller that, that you meet with and you can share your heart with and life with and, and maybe you go out on mission with? You look to reach the world with the gospel. Is there a group like that for you? Is there a group of friends that you are really close to, friends that you know if you're doing the wrong thing will challenge you? They will say, hey, come on, you've got to lift your game here. This is not good enough. That's not living like Jesus, where, where you've opened up your life so much that, that you can actually share the experience, your walk personally with them. On a scale of 1 to 10, how do you do with that? Are you only meeting as a big group, never as a small group, and you don't have any friends that you confide in, that you share the deepest hurts, the deepest secrets, and the biggest joys of your life with. This is really important because God has never called us as individuals. He's always called us as a people, together. The body. Each of us together are Christ's body. And yet, so often we live our Christian life in isolation. It's like, yeah, I don't need anyone else. It's all right. I was talking to someone the other day who said, no, it's okay, you know, I don't need to go to church and stuff and it's all right. And I said, you'll drift. It just happens, you drift. It's not purposeful, but you'll drift away. Why? Because there's nobody to pull you up and say, that's not right. That's not how you should think. There's no one to encourage you and say, man, that's amazing what you did. That was so Jesus-like this week. 
No one to share a story. Hey, man, I talked to so-and-so about Jesus and this happened and this is how I did it. And you're going, wow, that's amazing. I didn't think I could do that. But after hearing you, I'm inspired and, and I'm almost jealous of what you've done and I want to do it too. The Bible says that if we are to provoke each other, this is how we should do it. We should provoke each other into acts of love. And I don't know about you, but sometimes when I get with people, other Christians, I'm like, I feel inadequate because of where my walk has been. I'm like, I've got to lift my game. These guys are moving in God and, and I'm going to do that too. And it sort of lifts you up, it provokes you to get off your backside and actually do something provokes you to get to know God a bit better as they start to say, you know, I was looking at this verse this week and you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed. I actually opened my Bible for a month. But then all of a sudden you think, yeah, I really need to do that. And they haven't told you to do it. They haven't set a finger of judgment against you. But because you can see that they've got this relationship going with God, you're provoked into that as well. So the in relationship, out of 10, how are you doing? The out relationship. Okay, we see at the end of this passage what happened. They went out. They went with Jesus because they were with him now. As a group, they went. Yeah, Jesus was the leader. They were learning from him and growing because of him. But they went out to the crowds and people came from everywhere to hear him, to be healed of their diseases. And have the evil spirits taken out from them. Everyone tried to touch him because the healing healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. You see, it's all right to have this good relationship with God and it's great to have a loving relationship with your brothers and sisters. But if we're lacking this third part, all of a sudden the triangle becomes really skewed or the stool has a leg that's just not there. You go and sit on it and you fall over if you can because it probably wouldn't stand up anyway. But the whole point is that our out-relationship comes from our up-relationship, is strengthened by our in-relationship. And the vision that Christ had was to minister to people at the point of their need. What do you need? What's the good news to you? How can I help you? What can I do for you? And it really doesn't work well if we're missing one of these legs. So what about the out relationship? How does that work? I'm going to mark yourself out of 1 to 10 again. And then I want you to bring... No, I'm kidding. (laughs) We're not going to bring them up. But how are you? Have you had a meaningful conversation with anyone about the gospel in recent times? Have you prayed for anyone who's not a Christian that's sick? Have you gone and helped someone in time of need, maybe given them money or or help? Not a Christian. Have you prayed for the lost? Have you gone on mission anywhere? What would you say out of 10 your mark would be with that? Are you mixing with people who aren't Christian even? How many people do you actually go and see that aren't believers? 
What's that number? Because it's highly likely that if you never meet someone who doesn't know the good news of Jesus, that you'll never be able to share it. Is that true? It's pretty obvious, right? So where are we sitting in that? What's your mark out of 1 to 10? Now this speaks to me. This isn't about you. This is about us. Because we're in this together. All of us are in this together. We're a body. We're, we're a body of believers. We're, we're called by God to this place for a reason. So what's your mark out of 10 in that? All right. If your mark is lower than about 7, then we need to do some work in that area. And it might change from week to week as well. As you reassess your life, you're like, yeah, man, I was great. I was out there this week. I didn't move in the power of God because I just sort of forgot about him and I was helping everyone, but never once did God come into anything that I did. So looking at our up relationship, word, prayer, worship, our in relationship, how are we building community? Are we listening and responding to others' needs, to those that are committed to Christ? Are we taking the gospel outside this community? What is it that we're doing? So I just want you to sit with that this week and start to think about it. Remember the triangle. It's a pretty easy shape, right? It's got three sides and three points. <laughs> Up, in and out. Where are we sitting in that relationship? Because we're going to work with this as a church over the next whatever. And as we go through, we're going to be challenged in small groups. And how do we do that? How do we do that well? so that it doesn't become just a little group of people who are insular and don't connect, but actually have an impact for the gospel in this world. Singers, why don't you come up? If you do want prayer for anything, of course, please come forward, but... Really this morning is more to just let it sit in us, what we just talked about. So shall I just pray for that, eh? Father, just pray that you would just challenge us this week about our relationships, Father. Lord, are we living three-dimensionally as your son? In loving you, loving others that, that are part of our family, but also loving those outside, Lord. Where is it that we sit? Father, I just pray that you would just challenge us in those areas this week and grow us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.